Sam and Renee's Real Estate Show. Sounds like Canberra. Sounds like Mix on a 6.3. JW Land. Introducing homes of uncompromising quality across premium locations. Hi there, it's Cam and Renee here. Each week on Mix 106.3, we present the Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. We speak with industry experts, leaders in Canberra property, national analysts and a range of other property specialists. So let's take a listen to some of the things we looked at in last Saturday's show. Renate, the next few minutes, and I just said to you before we came on the radio, I've really enjoyed our four-part interview series through August. It sort of makes me want to jump in the car and go for a drive. I was just about to say that. Whenever we finish having these conversations, I just want to message my partner, Jim, or my mum or whoever, and just be like, okay, let's go out and have lunch at this place. Yeah, so what we're doing is we're looking at some of our wonderful country towns in the capital region. So we've already investigated Michelago, and last week, uh, speaking to Ian about gunning, and just the the property that uh, is on the market now that's got the old two police cells underneath the property. Yeah, so cool. Uh, and I think that was one of the original structures in Gunning as well. So just learning about these, you know, great country towns. Yeah, and some of the smaller ones as mm-hmm. well that we have. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We love talking about Murray Bateman. Yeah, we love Bungendore and Braidwood and the bigger ones. Yes, yeah. of course. But uh, yeah, we're sort of focusing on the smaller regional places. Yeah, and so today we're heading off to Captain's Flat. Oh. Yes, and say good morning to Dan Woodford, Principal PRD Nationwide Bungendore. Good morning, Dan. Morning, Renee. Morning, Cam. Good morning. Now, uh, for anyone who's never visited Captain's Flat, can you tell us a bit about the town? Well, Captain's Flat is a small, historic uh, old gold mining town. Um, sort of settled in the 1833 era there. Um, 45 kilometres from Queenland. Close enough for a day visit and... Uh, just um, far enough away for the locals to have their own space. <laughs> yes, yes, and I so bet you they absolutely love that too. And so speaking of the locals, what do residents say when they talk to you about living there? They don't want to give all the secrets away, to be honest. <laughs> they uh, they like to vet the uh, the purchasers and see who's going to be living in and around them, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, look, they uh, they love the uh, the quietness of the town and, um, you know, the proximity to the, uh, the Talagana Forest and their weekend activities. Yeah, for sure. And, and what do you love most about the area, Dan? Look, I think it's a bit of the both, you know, the mixture of the town, mixture of the uh, the rural aspect and the uh, the lifestyle that comes with it. And, and so when you drive in again, from, and no one, anyone who's not been there, the, the main street, what does it look like? How long is it? And, you know, what are some of the, the buildings there on the main street? Paint the picture for us. Yeah, well, look, you come into town and arrive at the main uh, main oval in the pool, the uh, the old oval where the football used to be played. doesn't anymore, but um, that's sort of where you greet the, the town and the old police station, the old fire shed and the, 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 the massive old pub. So they're the main things on the list in the bowling club. But, um, yeah, it's a uh, big hole cut in the side of the hill where they used to mine and, yeah, it's a lovely little spot. And speaking of the pub that was recently on the market, you know, what was the talk in and around town when it came on the market? Who's going to buy it? What's going to happen with it? Take us through all of that. Well, I think the excitement was um, actually having somewhere to uh, to socialise again and having that open. Yeah. Um, uh, the old stories of the, the pub and the bar and, you know, it, uh, for some time had the, the longest bar in the Southern Hemisphere. That's right. Um, trying to accommodate the uh, the old miners. Um, yeah, 32 metres long, I believe, so yeah. 
Yeah, well, as long as there's a, a good pub in the town and that's all you need, many people would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, what's the most interesting real estate sale you know of in the area? Next to the pub. Yes. <laughs> Next to the pub, apart from the pub? Yeah. I think just the stories that come with the older cottages and the older stories about the miners um, in the area, you know, going from 500 people in the town to 5,000 in the, in the boom um, and where they used to add on to the houses and attach places and really just trying to get the men out of the tents to to have some better accommodation. Those stories sort of resonate pretty well, so, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, you're selling it to us. Uh, We want to head out there, that's for sure. Dan, thank you so much for being part of our series. We really enjoyed chatting to you about Captain's Flat this morning. No worries, Cam. No worries, Renee. Thank you. See you later. Dan Woodford, Principal, PRD Nationwide Bungendorf. Well, Cam, we have obviously know that interest rates have held steady uh, for the second month in a row. So mm. what does this mean moving forward? Many people are wondering, are interest rates going to stay the way? Are they going to go up again? Are they going to go down? We don't really know. And we would like to find out uh, what our next guest thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Yardney, CEO of Metropole Property Strategist and host of the Michael Yardney podcast. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Renee. Yes, uh, the Reserve Bank held interest rates steady for the second month in a row, and that's because they think inflation is coming under control. And since then, unemployment's crept up a little bit. Consumer spending has gone down a little bit. The latest inflation figures are falling. So three of our four big banks now say there's not going to be any more interest rate rises. The only one out of sync is National Australia Bank, who suggests there could be one on Cup Day, as often happens in November. Of course, Renee, we know that their predictions, their forecasts have been so wrong anyway, but I think we're at the end of this interest rate rise cycle. Okay, well, that's positive news. I was just about to say, that's what the banks say, but what do you say? But you think it's all kind of going to start to improve from here? I don't think they need to raise interest rates anymore. And that's interestingly what uh, Philip Lowe, the current uh, Governor of the Reserve Bank, in his last chat with the Parliament suggested as well. Uh, But there's no uh, chance of... big decrease in rates for some time yet. Probably next year they'll start to come down just a little bit. Okay, well, all right. Well, fingers crossed. Anna, Michael, just um, shifting pace a little bit, what do you make of Labor's big housing announcement through the week? Well, yes, if you read the papers, you'd see that there's going to be 1.2 million homes built in the next five years. But if you look closely, the numbers don't add up. Look, firstly, the government isn't going to lay down bricks. The government's not going to put mortar between the bricks. It's actually private builders who are going to be tasked with this massive project. And from my reading of it, the plan offers nothing substantial to ease the burden in the building industry. We know builders are going broke. We know there's a shortage of skilled labour. We know there's rocketing material costs and a surge in construction price. So while it's pointing in the right direction, while I guess the government has recognised that uh, there's a shortage of supply and it's got to be helped, I I think it's a tall order with no real practical support at the moment, Renee. Has that come into the conversation, though, as well? And I know, you know, the the NBA locally here in Canberra is, you know, very vocal about these sorts of things. And, Mm. you know, uh, Michael Hopkins does an incredible job of voicing the concerns and placing the positions of uh, the local construction industry front and centre. That is the number one problem, though. It it is the skilled labour to actually produce and build the dwellings. So what the government has offered is incentives to state and territory governments to cut red tape, to speed up building, to encourage 
planning zoning changes. Uh, but that's really a drop in the ocean uh, of what's necessary. And just because buildings are approved doesn't mean they're going to be built. We know at the moment a lot of the, the large developments, because they're talking about more medium density development, which I believe is the right way to go. Yeah. But they're not, uh, there's nothing there to encourage them to happen. Yeah. But the good news was that rent freezes and rent caps have been taken off the table. Now, I'm saying good news because even though I'm a property investor and it suits me, it's also the right thing for tenants because we want to keep up a good supply of properties and anything that's going to discourage investors is not good for tenants in the long-term camp. Yes, indeed. And so overall, with this housing announcement, you're not confident that that is going to be achieved in the timeline that's been set out? It was a great political talk fest. <laughs> I've been <laughs> that around that. long enough to, to be a bit sceptical of this. Uh, could have been worse. Let's see them do something. Yeah. yeah, sure. All right, Michael. Well, thank you so much for your insights as always. We love chatting to you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Michael Yardney, CEO of Metropole Property Strategist there, Ken. Well, Ken, we're going to learn together this morning mm. and find out what is a branded residence. I certainly haven't heard of it before. Have you? No, well, this was one that came up. I saw it when I saw it. I thought, oh, I think I know what that is, but we need to find an expert to speak about it. For sure. And there's been a, a report come out by Knight Frank Research talking about an increase in these uh, by the year 2026. So let's find out more and say good morning to Erin Van Chul, uh, Head of Residential at Knight. Frank. Good morning, Erin. Good morning. Okay, so can you give it to us in easy to understand language, for me at least? <laughs> for me too. Yes. What What is a branded residence? Okay, so there is no actual sort of, you know, formal defini definition, so you're all good. Um, <laughs> but generally we would say it's where a recognised brand is associated with a residential development or property. So that can... Uh, come in several guises. So it could be Bulgari, for example, or Aston Martin. But typically we would look at, um, from a Knight Frank perspective, hotel brands um, that then give their brands, their services and operate the service. So their staff and, and a higher level of amenity in a residential development. Okay. All right. Okay. So so what would be, an, uh, give us an, uh, an example of what it is. So I think probably the best and most relevant example for us would be uh, Crown Residences at Wambarangaroo here in Sydney. So we've got 76 apartments sitting on top of uh, the Crown Hotel um, yep. down at Barangaroo, and those apartments are fully serviced by the hotel. So you can have in-room dining, housekeeping, valet parking, all the benefits. So in essence, um, if it's a luxury hotel, you are living in a hotel, but you have all of the benefits of, of home ownership. Wow. Okay, gotcha. Well. And Erin, um, is this a growing trend that you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely it's a growing trend. So as per the report that you mentioned earlier, um, we are anticipating 12% growth year on year up until 2026. Is it? Is it so more, definitely... It, yep, keep going, sorry. I was just going to say, so definitely growing and growing in, um, we're seeing, you know, we're anticipating 60% growth in the Middle East. Um, but by quantity, this, this concept is most popular in America and uh, Florida in America is the most popular location for this type of 
this type of residential development. Yeah, and I suppose with that location, it's almost like resort-style living at next level. Does that mean that it's more expensive to buy into a residence like this? So there can be an uplift, absolutely. So the trusted nature of the brand, the level of, of service, that you're being offered can result in yes uh, a higher a higher price for the product but what you're getting in return is an incredible lifestyle yeah um, so having you know, we're seeing certainly more emphasis being put on service than on amenity in residential building but you know to be able to call down to the concierge of your apartment building and say can you bring my car around and you know I'm expecting some deliveries could you take care of this and I'd like to dine at X restaurant this evening could you book me a table for four so it's it's a very very much a lifestyle decision. Mm. Yes goodness I can't imagine um, what <laughs> yep. what that would be like. Erin <laughs> yeah. um, are you aware of any of these branded residences in Canberra? Yeah that's a really good question. Unfortunately not, um, as it currently stands. So you have some very lovely service department options where you can rent and benefit from uh, the hotel service. So the Burberry, for example, in Canberra is a, you know, a lovely hotel where you can stay long term yep. and benefit from the services on offer from a concierge service, for example. Um, but unfortunately not yet. The next one that we're expecting to see is a Four Seasons residence down in Melbourne. Um, where that's fully integrated with hotel and apartment, um, but not currently in Canberra. Yeah, okay. and you're right. And I, I'm sure there's one down on Northbourne Avenue halfway down that's only recently, like the last sort of 12, 16 months or so, right. that, that was finished, and that is definitely mixed use, but certainly not what Aaron's talk about there. Wow, that's next level, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it's an incredible way to live, and, and certainly on the back of, I would say, coming out of the pandemic, people have very much reassessed the way they want to live and therefore this type of lifestyle has become more and more popular and we're seeing it not only in CBD or city locations but also we would look at ski or we'd call it resort which is sort of either ski or beach you know and these these options are becoming more more uh, popular in those types of locations as well. Oh, man, yeah, I goodness. want one. <laughs> it sounds very lush, that's for sure. Erin, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Erin Van Schuel, uh, Head of Residential at Night, Frank there. Well, those are the interviews we most enjoyed in last week's Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. If you love hearing about the latest trends or you're just up for a sticky beak, be sure to drop by for a listen this Saturday between 9 and 10. Cameron Real Estate Show. Sounds like Canberra. Sounds like Mix 106.3.